Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello out there, my friends. Today I've got a little quick and dirty on caffeine and coffee consumption, a little Q&D for you. This is based on a couple of conversations and questions that have come up recently. Um, Kind of like I hear all of these things, sometimes they conflict, what gives. So in the Carb Compatibility Project, um, so we do a live Q&A, and one of the questions, which was a really good question that came up, was, okay, I have, I know I have insulin resistance and I also know that I have adrenal issues. I hear that we have to reduce and moderate our carb intake for insulin resistance, but I also hear that I have to increase carbs for adrenal health. So if, since I have both, what do I do with my carbs? Right. It seems like there's a conflict of the information that we're receiving. And then I did, I posted a reel about how to make nut milk. It went viral millions of views. What even is happening right now? Um, But uh, it's about how to make nut milk where you don't have to soak the nuts. And a lot of people were like, well, you do have to soak nuts in order to reduce the anti-nutrients in them, which, hello, I totally get. We've talked about it, you know, like year one of this podcast, I fully understand that. And also not everybody needs to do that. Some people who are in a, like a moment of healing, particularly healing from uh, autoimmune stuff or gut stuff may actually need to soak and sprout their nuts and their seeds before consuming. And then some people just straight up don't have to do that. So anyway, um, lots of information flying at our head all the time. Uh, A recent question that I got, because on um, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about bile and gallbladder health, and I mentioned that coffee can be a really great support for bile production and gallbladder health. And somebody was like, well, shoot, I thought coffee isn't good for my adrenals. So it's just like we hear all these different things. Sometimes these bits of health information totally conflict with one another, but that doesn't mean that one is wrong and one is right. It really all comes down to context. And if you've been with me for the past almost five years on this podcast, you have heard me say that time and time again. It's your unique context that we have to figure out what's appropriate and when, because your context can change. So that means uh, a, a rule that might've applied to you about food before no longer apply. So for example, I used to have to soak nuts before I consumed them and now I don't, right? My context changed. So it always comes down to context. Context is queen. Um, and as far as coffee goes, there are times when it makes sense to scale back. And so we'll talk about that. 
Um, and then there are actually some people who just shouldn't drink it at all because of the way they metabolize it. So those are the things we're going to tuck into in today's show. We're also going to discuss, discuss some alternatives. If after today's episode, you are trying to wean yourself off the caffeine, if you feel like that's an appropriate strategy. Part of this episode is a, is a part of uh, a module from your hormone revival. And I do mention HPA access dysregulation and adrenal issues, but I don't really get into the nitty gritty. But if it's something you want a deeper dive into, have no fear because I have your back. You can head to my website, thefunctionalnutritionist.com, functional spell with a K, forward slash adrenal, A-D-R-E-N-A-L. We have categorized all of the episodes, because I've talked about cortisol and adrenal issues and HPA axis dysfunction a lot. So we've categorized all the episodes into one place so you can keep track of them in one email um, rather than just put like a, a huge long list into the show notes, that kind of stuff. It's kind of hard to keep track of. So this way you can keep it all in your inbox. You can star it, you can save it. And then when you're ready to listen to a podcast, you can just go in and boop, click. Um, that way you can spend your entire summer doing a deep dive on your adrenals, right? Yeah, you want that. Uh, and speaking of adrenals, YHR, your hormone revival starts at the very end of the summer. It starts in September and we are doing an early bird discount. So I want to announce it nice and early so you can get your ducks in a row in order to access the early bird discount. However, you have to be on the wait list. So to get on the wait list, go to thefunctionalnutritionist.com forward slash YHR. All you have to do is pop your name into, you know, give us, give us your email. Um, this is not a requirement. It's not a commitment. Like there's no commitment. You just will get first dibs, um, on your, the seats. They sell out. They always sell out sometimes in a day, sometimes two days, all of the spots always sell out. So this is a way to really, um, make sure you're getting in. It's a great program for you if you feel like your stress is out of control, double OC. Uh, but in the meantime, while you wait for the program to start, think about your caffeine consumption. Caffeine moderation is one of the ways that I moderate my stress when it's high. Another ally of mine that's made a huge impact with consistent intake is full spectrum hemp oil. So that's something you could consider as well. When I start to feel my stress and anxiety kick it up a notch, like Emerald Lagasse, I personally lean on Ned's De-Stress Blend. It's a certified organic formula that features two powerful plant compounds, CBD, and then the lesser known CBG, which is considered the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is for anxiety and stress. De-Stress Blend also features ashwagandha, one of my favorite adaptogens, and I think I say that about all the adaptogens, but ashwagandha was my gateway into adaptogenic herbs. So I do have a special love for it. Invest in yourself and fortify your stress response. Get 15% off of Ned's de-stress blend with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Okay. And last thing I say before we like really get into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, I know I have a lot of practitioners that listen to the show. Hi. Um, so encouraging your clients or your patients to evaluate their caffeine and coffee intake really is a good idea. Um, 
I, I've had clients drinking up to eight cups of coffee a day and they didn't understand that that was excessive intake. And so I personally like to include this question on any type of health history intake form. That way you can discuss, discuss it in an initial appointment. And sometimes, you know, things come out either through the health history intake or through the discussion that, that they might not understand is, is an actual issue. What I have, what I see oftentimes in functional nutrition, functional medicine space is that People are being put on uh, elimination style diets and uh, like, you know, like the Renew diet is one of them or there's different types of, of diets that pull out a lot all at once. And that can be helpful to suss out food sensitivities. But I notice that a lot of these um, also pull out caffeine and coffee. So I just want to point that out. I can't, you know, I can't have this discussion without putting like my mentor hat on a little bit, um, reducing like dramatically reducing or altogether eliminating coffee is extremely challenging. Uh, it's extremely challenging. If you're a listener, you're not a practitioner, it's extremely challenging. And then just be mindful of that. If you're taking somebody through an elimination uh, of caffeine, just understand that's hard. Um, I am personally not a big fan of going cold turkey. Caffeine withdrawal is real and can make people feel a lot worse. And my goal in working with folks is to get them feeling better. So that's why my current food programs, Eat to Achieve and the Carb Compatibility Project, don't pull out caffeine as like like a, a blanket recommendation for everybody. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. Um, and I, I kind of, if I'm going to take somebody off of caffeine or I think based on their labs or based on their, their symptoms and their health history, if I think it would be beneficial for them to reduce or eliminate coffee or caffeine, it's a slower transition. And then I give them the appropriate resources to do so. Some of those are in this episode. So definitely feel free to utilize this episode in such a way. Um, and personally, if you're a practitioner and you are recommending that your clientele go cold turkey on caffeine, I recommend that you do that first. That's always my recommendation for clinicians and practitioners. Like whatever you're telling your clients to do, make sure that you've actually gone through that. That way you can understand what you're asking of them because cold turkey um, for caffeine can be a bit of a bristly bear. So just keep that in mind, uh, before you ask somebody to go cold Turkey or before you go cold Turkey yourself, if you're just a listener and not a practitioner. Okay. With that said, let's get into it. So the first step is we have to evaluate how is your coffee consumption working for you? And this image that I am sharing is hilarious. Um, but it's also not so hilarious because it's true for so many of us. Now, if you're just listening and not watching, it is a image of a coffee cup and a wine bottle on a racetrack and the coffee cup is handing off the baton to the, to the wine bottle. And we do this, right? We get through our days with this false sense of energy from caffeine, and then we have to medicate ourselves and wind ourselves down at night using something like wine. Um, because we live such full lives, oftentimes our bodies can't keep up with our schedules or our stress loads. So we end up relying on exogenous forms of energy. I'm sort of using air quotes here to keep on keeping on. That's where coffee and caffeine come in. We can rely on coffee to keep up with the menacing pace of our lives. And we as Americans really love to caffeinate our productivity. I mean, we have a coffee shop on just about every corner, everywhere. 
it's not uncommon for some folks to wake up and drink coffee even before water in the morning. Is that you? Is that you out there? <laughs> and sometimes, especially for people with HPA access dysregulation and adrenal fatigue, we feel like we can't even start our day without it. We just can't get that get up and go. We can't get going without our coffee. Now, coffee might give you a surge of energy, or at least it feels like that, and allow you to push through whatever task is at hand. I have this meme up here that makes me laugh out loud every time I see it. Me after one cup of coffee. I am beautiful and I am fast. <laughs> Over time, though, you might notice that caffeine doesn't have the same effect that it used to. You might require more and more and more to keep up. You might get another craving mid-morning and then again mid-afternoon. So what was once your morning ritual has sort of peppered its way throughout the entire day and now you're leaning on it to keep up with the pace of your life. This increased caffeine intake may start to affect your sleep over time. Even though you're exhausted, you get a spike of energy in the evening, that tired and wired feeling that is so common with some forms of adrenal fatigue. And that can make it difficult to fall asleep or stay asleep at night. So then you wake up exhausted, needing a cup of coffee to start your day, wash, rinse, repeat. So before we even get into this, you have to first assess your life and determine, is the pace of it working for you? And if it's not, if, if you need a stimulant to keep up, that, that's usually a good indication that your life is a little bit too hectic. Let's take a quick break to thank our show sponsor, BioCult. Their boosted product is a multi-strain probiotic, four times the concentration of the original formula, which is why I prefer it. All of their probiotic strains are backed by clinical research. It really makes a great everyday probiotic. I just had somebody on Instagram reach out and say, this stuff has changed me. Thank you. So it's a great product. And the cool thing about it is that there's no need to refrigerate it. So you can take it with you when you're traveling, which I highly recommend because most of our guts get really jacked up when we're off our schedule, when we're traveling, when we're doing things that we don't normally do. So taking a probiotic with you is a good bet. You can give it to your kiddos. Those, uh, the capsules can break apart. You can sprinkle it into yogurt or oatmeal or add it to a drink. This is what I do for Hattie. I put in a little shot glass with a bit of water and she just shoots it down. So head to their website using the link in our show notes. Use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your order. And I've got a brand new show sponsor, which I've been so excited to share with you, Element, a wicked, yummy, salty electrolyte drink mix. I was with a bunch of practitioners at a training last month and everyone was drinking this stuff. So I finally saw what all the buzz was about and I've got the whole family on it, which was really handy, by the way, when we were all fighting off our COVID fevers. So electrolyte imbalances are wicked common. They can cause headaches, cramps, fatigues, and weakness. My husband and I are pretty active people, so minerals and electrolytes are always something that we're staying on top of. And there's a reason that you feel better when you do. Element has got everything that you need in an electrolyte drink and nothing that you don't. I was just talking to my dad about this yesterday. In fact, he was buying Pedialyte for his muscle cramps. And I was like, bro, <laughs> Element has science-backed electrolyte ratio. So it has a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, and then none of the junk that you'll find in other electrolyte things. So no sugar, no weird coloring, no weird fillers, no artificial ingredients, none of that. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all of their flavors. 
and share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal is only available through this link. So you've got to go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash funk. So caffeine strongly affects the activity of the HPA axis. Caffeine increases cortisol and epinephrine, adrenaline. So it's similar to what happens during an acute stress response. So coffee literally recreates the same stress conditions in your body. Like it literally does the same thing. If you're experiencing HPA axis dysregulation, it's always it's almost always recommended that you dramatically reduce your consumption or cut it out altogether because it's just adding more stress to your body. Some indications that caffeine consumption is acting on your stress response, anxiety, shakiness, sweating, inability to focus, racing heart, sleep trouble, and cold extremities. So having poor circulation, having cold hands and feet is sometimes a sign of overactivation of your sympathetic, your stress response. If you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it's a good indication that caffeine is really pushing on that sympathetic stress response and you're not tolerating coffee very well. It's important to note that people dip metabolize coffee differently. Um, fast metabolizers don't seem to have as much of that cortisol bump and seem to tolerate caffeine much better so they can get away with it more. Whereas slow metabolizers, um, caffeine just hangs out in the system longer, up to nine hours. And slow metabolizers are more apt to have all the negative side effects that are associated with caffeine. So if this is you, or if you experience the negative effects of caffeine, then you really should think about taking it out altogether, at least for a period of time. It's best to avoid coffee if you are in healing mode. Um, if you're working to build up your nutrition or if you're working to reduce your stress levels, you might need to put the pause on coffee. Now, I'm just going to full disclosure, this is something that I've personally struggled with over the years. I enjoy coffee. I love the taste of it. It's my morning ritual. It helps me poop. It is glorious. It brings me so much enjoyment. So my goal in life is to be able to drink it. Um, but I've had my ongoing adrenal issues. And when they flare up, I really have to evaluate my coffee intake, either taking temporary breaks while I allow myself to heal or reducing my intake. What I notice is that when I start to get stressed out, uh, my caffeine intake will increase. So normally I just drink a cup in the morning, but then it becomes like I'm peppering it throughout my day. Like I'm having mid-morning or mid-afternoon and that's when I know, yikes, my stress response is probably on fire right now. Now when that happens, I really recognize that pattern is like my body is a little overworked, maybe a little underslept, definitely a little overwhelmed, overstressed. And I know that caffeine is just going to kind of like pour gasoline on that fire. Having more coffee, even though it feels good, like in the exact moment, it's really not supporting my body. So when, when I start to feel my, um, caffeine desire increase, I, instead of having a second or third cup of coffee, I realize like what my body's really asking for is energy. And that energy is not going to come through the form of caffeine. It's going to come through the form of ATP, which is the energy currency of all of our cells, all of our cells, 
well, I guess all of ourselves actually works here too. But what we need in order to produce that ATP, that energy is a lot of nutrition. And so I really focus on getting more nutrient density into me during those times. And one of my favorite ways to do this is with Organifi's superfood powders. And I'm not just saying this because they're a show sponsor, although they are a beloved long-term show sponsor. I'm saying this because uh, this is actually what I do, like IRL in real life. And what I would recommend to my clients is get more uh deep nutrition into your, um, into your body during those times. So one of my particular favorites is the red juice blend. And that one is designed to be a little bit more energizing because it has rhodiola and ginseng. Both of those are two more, um, I want to say stimulating, but I not with like not in the way that caffeine is st- stimulating more energizing adaptogenic herbs. So this particular red juice, it has lots of uh, deep nutrition, red polyphenols, super, super helpful for your gut, which is responsible for energy production as well. But it also has those uh, those nice adaptogenic herbs, which are just going to be so much more soothing and gentle on your adrenals than drinking a cup of coffee. If you're somebody who drinks coffee because you just like the taste of it, you like the, or you like the sweetness of it, um, Harmony Blend would be another really great option for you. Harmony is designed to balance hormones, but it has maca, which is another adaptogen that can really be stimulating and give you energy. It also has um, stinging nettles, and I really love nettles. I just recently posted a reel on Instagram about how to make a nettles infusion, which by the way, if you're low energy, would be another terrific way to support your system. Nettle is a very common weed, but it's super packed with nutrition it has antioxidants. It has a lot of trace minerals. It has vitamins. It's, it's, it's a way to get deep nutrition into your body and making a nettles infusion is so easy, so inexpensive. You just need to buy up a bunch of dried nettles and you can get that in bulk anywhere you buy herbs. I get them locally here at uh, the mustard seed by me. And you take about, so if you have a scale, you take about an ounce. If you don't have a scale, I don't, I don't, I just measure it truly to make a, like a proper nettles infusion. You want to like weigh the herbs. I'm not an herbalist. I'm just like DIY type of gal. I'm like, what's going to make me feel better. Okay. I'm going to do that. Um, so I usually use about a quarter cup of the dried nettles and I put it into a Mason jar. So what's a Mason jar? Is that a quart? I don't know. I don't, I don't know you know, like a big mason jar, (laughs) you know, and fill it with water. I, um, you just pour like water off of a boil, fill it, let it sit overnight. Totally not like an exact science. And then the next day you drain off the, the water or like the infusion. And then you sip on that throughout the day. I usually use like reuse my discarded herbs. Like I'll usually like reuse them one, one to two more times and then I'll compost them. So you can get, you know, a big bang for your buck. That is, I mean, people that do nettles infusions, like I put, when I posted about it, everyone came out of the woodwork and they're like, this is like, this stuff really works. It totally does. So the harm, so you can totally make your own dried nettle infusion. The harmony blend also has nettles. The harmony has like a chocolatey, little chocolatey, little cinnamony. I like using it either hot So like mix up with some non-dairy milk and drink it warm. So that's why I'm kind of like recommending it here as a coffee replacement because you can drink it warm. Um, I'll also throw it into smoothies just because it's yummy. So if you want to try out some of their powders as a coffee alternative replacement, 
wean you off the caffeine, head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash F-U-N-K. And that will save you 20% off of whatever you order. So really good deal. So you might want to avoid coffee if you have any of the following. If you are a slow coffee metabolizer, or slow caffeine metabolizer, if you feel wired by it for a long time, that's a good indication that, you, that it's not working well for you. If you have fatigue issues, if you have sleep issues, especially if you have sleep issues, cut out the coffee. If you have GI issues, so digestive problems, coffee and caffeine are gut irritants. So if you're trying to heal your gut, it makes sense to eliminate or reduce coffee. If you got hormonal issues, including HPA axis dysregulation or adrenal fatigue, um, if you have lower sensitivity to caffeine. So if you feel like, oh, what I used to be able to get a good bump of energy from one cup of coffee and now I need four, that's a good indication that it's time to slow your roll. And then if you need, if you just like need it more and more and more throughout the day. Now, Caffeine withdrawal can be brutal. You can get headaches, irritability, fogginess, fatigue. In fact, I used to run group cleanses and I took coffee out. That was one of the things that you had to abstain from for, for three weeks. And I eventually loosened up on that rule because people spent the first week of the cleanse feeling miserable and it was due to uh, uh, caffeine withdrawal. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to go cold turkey because you don't want to feel like rubbish. So a great approach is to cut your intake in half every two weeks, and that will mitigate any um, any withdrawal symptoms. I mean, caffeine is a drug. Don't get it twisted. It is a drug, and you withdraw from that drug when you, when you cut it out. Um, you could also switch over to lesser containing uh, coffee like uh, or lesser containing green tea or yerba mate you could also replace it with decaf or do like a half calf type of thing that's my, always my approach because i love the coffee so much nothing else can sub in for it nothing else replaces that ritual for me um kicking horse is a brand that i really like with decaf you want to be careful don't get any old decaf because they use chemical solvents to remove the caffeine so you want water processed or swiss water processed decaf um, just to make sure you're not getting yourself exposed to a bunch of extra chemicals no need for that and then some other ideas are um matcha powder so that's green tea powder yerba mate like i mentioned that is a lower containing um, it's kind of like a smoky, earthy tea. Ticino is made from dandelion root, and that is a good coffee substitute. Uh, dandelion root tea, chaga mushroom tea. So you can brew up some, you get chaga chunks and you can brew up a tea that way. So to make chaga tea, you basically just, but chaga is a type of mushroom and you can purchase it dried. Um, I get it the same place I get all my herbs. Like if you have a local apothecary, um, mountain rose herbals, or maybe it's Mountain Rose Herbs. Um, anyway, they are uh, a, another really great place to source bulk herbs if you don't have anything local available to you. So chaga, they come in these like big chunks. And then basically what I do is to make the tea is throw them into a pot with water and just allow it to simmer. And then you drink the water. Um, and then you can reuse them a bunch of times. Again, disclaimer, I'm not an herbalist. I, I feel like I make herbalist cringe sometimes because I don't, 
I don't have the appropriate training, but I just want to be like, you know, honest and real with you guys. I do this stuff. I seem to reap the benefit, even if I'm not doing perfectly. And I think, you know, we've had Amy McKelvey on the show a few times before. She's, she's due back. We had to bring, bring her back. Uh, she is a trained herbalist and the way that she approaches, like, she's just like, it's plants, like form relationships with plants. You can't mess it up. And so I have really taken that approach with, uh, plant medicine and herbs and things like that. So that's how I make chaga tea. When I make it, it can be really supportive for the immune system. And if you're looking for other, like, I mean, I've given you ways to like make nettles infusions and chaga tea. If you're like, I need an actual recipe to follow, then head to my website, thefunctionalnutritionist.com. I do have some like fun elixir type recipes, uh, a matcha latte, for example. Um, I have this copycat coffee recipe. That's, that's really great. So you can head to the website for, for that kind of stuff. If you're like, give me specific amounts, please. Anyway, that's what I've got to say about coffee and caffeine. It is not problematic for everybody everywhere. You do want to be mindful of your intake and that's all I got for you this week. So like I said, quick and dirty, I will check you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.